100% behind Q. He's working for the president, he's working for our country. Alien life, uh, like pedophiles, uh, you know, and it just seeks to tie all of that together. Welcome, listener, to the 93rd chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Church of QAnon episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. If you've been with us for a bit, you've probably noticed that a large number of QAnon followers also happen to be evangelical Protestants. Now, that isn't a coincidence. Their favorite conspiracy theory is laden with Christian symbolism and language, albeit frequently warped to convey petty grievances or mislead entirely. The phrase, God wins, for example, appears in six separate Q drops, sometimes alone and without context. And the term Great Awakening originally refers to the period of religious revival in the American Christian movement of the 1730s. So it makes sense then that most major QAnon promoters profess religious beliefs, and others even take it further. One good example is Dave Hayes, aka Praying Medic, an ex-paramedic, now born-again Christian who claims to wield healing powers by channeling God. Dave's book titles run the QAnon to Evangelical Gamut. His latest endeavor, Calm Before the Storm, Q Chronicles, rings different from mainstays like My Craziest Adventures with God, Volume 1 and 2. So it's nothing new that evangelical Protestantism plays a big part in QAnon's drops and the culture they've created. We already know that QAnon followers hold religious beliefs, but one thing we'd never seen until recently is a religious sect overtly created to marry QAnon with evangelical. Christianity. And, unfortunately, this week, we are covering exactly that. The Omega Kingdom Ministry, run by Indiana resident Russ Wagner, who also runs a very lovely antiques shop with his wife. Oh, I'd like to visit there. Advertises uh, it on Twitter alongside this uh, QAnon church that he's running. Uh, So he wants to, quote, expand the borders of the kingdom of Christ. That's the entire about on YouTube. (laughs) And... He wants to do that by helping you to equip the Ecclesia. Now that's equip with a capital Q, and Ecclesia is spelled E-double-K-L-E-S-I-A. So this week we've got Marc-Andre Argentino on the show. He's a PhD candidate from Concordia who studies QAnon, and he's been attending the online services of the Omega Kingdom Ministry for a little while now. So after Travis attempts to explain this church to us, we'll be getting an insider's view of the very first religious sect to integrate QAnon directly into their teachings. But before all that... QAnon News. The big story this week, QAnon follower Joe Ray Perkins wins the Republican Senate primary in Oregon. Queen. Super exciting wow. stuff. Beautiful stuff. Definitely wow. the biggest nomination secured by a QAnon follower to date. Uh, so it does mean that Joe Ray Perkins is going to run against the Democratic incumbent in the election in November. But uh, but uh, she has va- basically no chance of winning. But That's what they said about Trump. Yeah, I suppose so. Joe Ray Perkins. For Senate, she's going to be? She's what? running for Senate. Yes. She's running Senate. for Senate. Senate. Yeah. yeah. She's now past the primary. And enough. Was she running against other like GOP oh, candidates? Oh yes, yes. She beat all Several. of her uh, her other Republican opponents. Soundly, yes, yes. The 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 Republicans of Amazing. Oregon decided that she best represents their interests. That's so yeah. funny. That that's like like the Republicans now are like they're like we we've had a little taste and it's not good enough. No. We want Q. 
QAnon. Like that mm. that's the version of the ideology I mean, that they that they want the most. I don't want to like say anything bad about Oregon, but I think they all have like moss poisoning <laughs> and like various forms of like poison ivy stuck in their brain. Mm. Now she joins five other QAnon candidates whose name will appear on the ballot in November. Uh, now, what's really extraordinary about Perkins is that she is just an extremely out and proud QAnon follower. This isn't someone who's just like typed where we go one, we go all on a couple tweets like a year ago or something. She uh, talks about it constantly. In fact, she uh, recently tweeted out a video of her saying that she stands with Q and the team. Hi, my name is Joe Ray Perkins, candidate for the U.S. Senate in Oregon. Where we go one, we go all. I stand with President Trump. I stand with Q and the team. Thank you, Anons, and thank you, Patriots, and together we can save our republic. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's about as straightforward as you get in terms of supporting QAnon. She's holding up like a circular bumper sticker as well. Yeah, that, that says, she's. This yeah. says where we go one, we go all. She is. It yeah. says QAnon underneath that. It says Q. Yeah, Just says to make also sure. Also QAnon. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean the it's o- unambiguous. I mean the only other thing that she could have done maybe is have one of those like big foam hands, you know, with a Q on it, <laughs> waving it back and forth. I hey, mean, come on now. We've seen uh, uh, face paint. We've seen children entirely dressed up as QAnon themed superheroes. This is low effort. Now, the Oregon Republican Party issued a lukewarm statement in support of Perkins, which said this. By virtue of being the GOP nominee, this is what we do. Support them in winning the general election. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they're very excited. You can wow. feel the enthusiasm. <laughs> you know this, what? This you know, is what we do. Uh, support somebody that believes in a fake spy on the internet. This is what we do now. Here we are. And <laughs> who I am. You know this what? Is what I knew I would be since I was little. This is what I've become. The Republicans treat QAnon people the same way the Democrats treat Bernie, basically. Yes, yes, exactly. There's like no difference, which is which tells you how they see Bernie. Now, shortly after Joe Ray Perkins uh, secured the nomination, she actually deleted that video you just heard. Her campaign then issued a statement that seemed to distance herself from QAnon. And uh, here's what that statement said. I'm disheartened that less than 24 hours after my win, my words were already being spun through the fake news machine and taken out of context. I was not endorsing Q slash Anon, but rather stating that I appreciate the fact that there is still free speech in this country that allows for voices, including whistleblowers from both sides of the aisle, that may or may not uh, bring to light issues Americans need to be aware of. Yeah, whistleblowers like Q. Yeah, who's blowing the whistle? May or may not bring issues to light. May not, may not. I'm just saying. I'm just may or may not, or could or could not. What is this? Where am I? To be very clear, I do not believe everything from Q slash Anon. Why is she writing it like Q slash? She's doing it on purpose to to make it seem. No, actually, the reason is is that someone on her staff wrote the statement, and she just signed off on it. Oh yeah, this isn't directly from her. So about someone who was like. QAnon thing. I'm, she tried to phrase it in a way she wasn't. Whoever wrote this is apparently not really familiar with how QAnon. Yeah. But who on her staff is not going to know QAnon? Jake, we all put up with pilled parents and shit like that. I mean, I feel like that's how the aides view yeah, this, I guess this woman. They're, I they're guess like, that's true. they're like, yeah, she's you know. You know. 
She's a little kooky. She's a little weird. Okay, so she says, okay, so to go back, she says, to be very clear, I do not believe everything from Q slash Anon and would never describe myself as a follower, but I also do not believe in infringing upon any outlet's rights uh, to discuss news or topics. This is the same as those on the left who read what Julian Assange or George Soros or Bill Gates says, or writes for that matter. What what the fuck is George Soros writing, by the way? Of course, no. George Soros is propped up on a fucking uh, throne of swords somewhere uh he doesn't say much yeah. he's got a big hood over his head like he, he's not saying yeah. doing or anything he, he's no. just no he's yo, not writing a, anything the it, left is yo. not waiting for his yo, writings yeah 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 we're not we're not desperate for the next uh, although Soros i book. i cannot <laughs> stop reading bill gates of one course. of the one of the Those premier the theoreticians yeah right. i'm reading i'm reading gates his fucking operating system while trying to just get to fallout 76 <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm reading from Bill Gates. That's so true. We mostly read buttons. I and read they're it. all part of Windows 10. And we love buttons. Bill Gates. You know what mostly I read is the fucking audio settings that Bill Gates wrote for me <laughs> in his goddamn fucking operating system. <laughs> to make things more confusing, she later told ABC News that she was, quote, literally physically in tears, end quote, after reading her own campaign statement because she is very much into QAnon in reality. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. I didn't know this. I didn't know this either. She went back. She went oh, back. No. She was sad. She read the oh, statement. No. You know what? I'll bet pissed her off Why the most is the it? Q slash Anon because oh, yeah. it made her look like she's a complete like, fucking noob to all the patriots. Dude, she's never. She can't show her face on 8coon.top again. <laughs> and here is what that statement said. My campaign is going to kill me. How do I say this? Some people think that I follow Q <laughs> like I follow Jesus. Q is the information and I stand with the information resource. It's just so yeah, interesting well, in all of this that we haven't heard one policy and she's running for Senate. Instead, yeah. we've just heard of the fictitious Internet spy and then her yeah. not being friends with him and then her actually kind of being better friends but with she, him. Than, she than, loves than, to, to bring up Jesus because she's just like, well, in this incredibly radicalized country that just accepts religion and politics as a total fucking fact of life, everyone will accept <laughs> that I follow Jesus and I don't do the same thing to Q, which is what? You don't read literally QMAP.pub every night? You don't pray to Q? You don't have a Q rosary? You don't have a fucking symbol of Q up on your wall? What I also love is that she also said that she would absolutely use the information she's learned from, from QAnon in the U.S. Senate if elected. That's right. I don't understand how that would, like, work, though. That if you're in the gr- Senate, you have access to top-secret information. You don't need Q-drops. No, in the Senate, they give you uh, a, a special type of handcuff that works on Hillary Clinton. I gotcha. And you can, yeah. No, you, I and you can we fly should, if you're I think in the we Senate should encourage too. this. I really would oh love I really would love if Joe Ray Perkins got up on the Senate floor after being collect, after being elected and was like ranting about the mole children on fucking C SPAN. Can you imagine? I oh. like I like the idea of her being collected. Like she's just <laughs> like in a, in a semi catatonic vegetative state. <laughs> Somebody please come collect Joe Ray Perkins. Another interesting development is that the conservative publication National Review responded to her nomination by publishing an unsigned editorial headlined against Joe Ray Perkins. Here is the conclusion of that editorial, which urges the Oregon GOP to shun Perkins. Conspiracy theories are not limited to one side of the aisle, but QAnon indulges old pathologies that the right has over the years struggled to beat back. Obviously, the president, who has been too friendly toward QAnon proponents and himself is inclined to conspiracy theories, isn't going to police these boundaries or honor them himself. But Oregon's state party can reverse course and decline to put resources into Perkins' campaign. 
Republican office holders in the state can distance themselves from her candidacy. The National Republican Senatorial Committee was never going to spend money in Oregon, but it too can speak forthrightly about Perkins' lunacy. Continuing to associate with Joe Ray Perkins would be a political error, and more importantly, a moral error, and an entirely avoidable one. Now, this is very interesting, is that they're, they're, they're trying to basically quarantine Joe Ray Perkins from the rest of the party mm-hmm. as I much can, as possible. I can, I can fix that last sentence, and more importantly, a PR error. Exactly. And an entirely <laughs> avoidable one. Uh, so, first of all, I think we need to make Joe Ray Perkins incredibly powerful within the GOP. I just realized from reading this that one of the best strategies to destroy this party is to potentially QAnonize it fully. <laughs> yes, just let it go. Let's go. So I want to print up oh. Joe Ray Perkins. We're going to support her candidacy fully. And and you know what? I hope every one of these bastards has to serve under Joe Ray Perkins <laughs> in a in a in a sort of dungeon she builds for the entire GOP where I she's mean... like Bowser at the end and she's fucking <laughs> blowing fire through the things and Every one of these little goombas will be absolutely just under her boot. She's like, I pass sweeping decree. Lunch for the Senate from now on shall be bologna Dorito sandwiches (laughs) for everybody. That's right. Uh, National Review famously uh, an entire issue called Against Trump, and we see how well that did. So so this might be uh, on the same path. I don't think there's anything even more shitty than being a Republican, but being a never Trump Republican is truly up there (laughs) just in terms of cognitive dissonance and and just pure idiocy. That's not a bad idea, though, Julian. I'm is telling to flood you, flood the GOP with all QAnon yeah. candidates, so, and then let and then I'm let them run. just disintegrate. Let them disintegrate themselves. <laughs> well, you, like I said, you want to be the QAnon accelerationist. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, once yeah, because that'll start fucking with people's money. <laughs> if a bunch of fucking QAnon people get oh, into government, mm. oh, that's gonna fuck with people's money big time. Yep. For my next story, uh, QAnon followers try to reconcile Trump's bashing of Jeff Sessions with Q's command to trust Sessions. Now, several Q drops say (laughs) trust Sessions, but that seems to contradict the words of Trump, who has repeatedly slammed Sessions for his time serving as attorney general. Uh, For example, here is Trump on Sessions in a recent interview with Cheryl Atkinson. Jeff Sessions was a disaster as attorney general, should have never been attorney general, he's not qualified, he's not mentally qualified to be attorney general. Uh, he was the biggest problem. I mean, look, Jeff Sessions put people in place that were a disaster. So pretty Torched. straightforward. Torched. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, this has created a dilemma in the QAnon community. Who do you trust? Q or the very clear words of Trump? Or Q plus? Or Q plus? What yes. Do, what do you call a coat hanger uh, that uh, a KKK member uh, hangs his <laughs> robe on? What? Jeff Sessions. <laughs> he said like he was unfit to be attorney general, which would have been a scathing statement from any former president. About I mean, imagine if Obama had said, you know, uh, Eric Holder, I, I yeah. found he was unfit to be attorney oh, general. Incredible. Trump, Trump pauses. He pauses for half a second, <laughs> thinks and, and goes one step further. He goes, mentally unfit. Like, <laughs> He's like, not mentally qualified. Not mentally qualified. I mean, which which tells you it's not about education. He thinks this guy's low IQ. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. He's like, he's like you it's can't learn anything. Him firing him and like humiliating him and on national television now saying he was unfit like isn't enough. He has to like attack his his like mental acumen. It's like, oh man, I I uh, I wish I wish I knew what that felt like to be that 
um, powerful. A, what do you mean to be a? Uh, uh, it's just our petty bullshit, but on that scale. Yeah, we're all just this petty. <laughs> we're all like, yeah, that guy, that guy who stopped being my friend. Yeah, it's stupid. He's an idiot. Didn't understand me. I'm amazing. Now, some QAnon followers, uh, they have stuck with Q. For example, Inevitable ET QAnon follower said this. Trust sessions. This is optics. They must not seem like friends at all. Trust sessions. Q said it like a bajillion times. Don't think. Q said it over and over and over again. He repeated this phrase, so it's got to be true. You know what? I made a a, a post that I'm embarrassed to say. I thought they would jettison sessions. I am too naive for this world <laughs> travis take it away uh there was another q follower who who was a little bit more skeptical of sessions here's what they said this is where q loses me <laughs> we've gone from question everything to just believe everything is part of a quote-unquote plan not gonna hold my breath mm, he sounds new he sounds new i don't know that person should try holding their breath <laughs> Now, the infighting got so bad that uh, QAnon promoter Lisa May Crowley apologized to people who agreed with Trump over Q. Uh, Here's what she tweeted. I don't often argue on Twitter. Don't have time. Today was an exception. Apologies if I upset some of you whose beliefs are diametrically opposed to mine with regard to a certain former attorney general. We're often reminded to think for ourselves and trust ourselves. I'm going to stick with that. This is the real danger, though. Eventually, they'll just see Q in a way as above Trump, and they'll focus all of their devotion to Q, which is, I don't know if it's worse. Is it worse? There's about da- to say. Do you think there's think like worse. MAGA nerds in like a forum somewhere, like genuinely and unironically discussing who would win, Q or Trump? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just kind of like compu- co- computing it and being like, well, actually, he has access to this many planes, like yeah. technically, because he's at yeah, this right. level. And then it's like 800 uh, post thread. Please send this to me if you find it. I'll go looking tonight. (laughs) And for my last story, Google removes QAnon apps from the Google Play Store. QMap, QAlerts, and QAlerts Lite. They removed my mole children tracking uh, app. I can't see where they are in the tunnels under Manhattan anymore. And I can't hear their screams. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, these are all apps that display the Q drops or they alerted people when new Q drops came in. In response to uh, banning these apps, uh, Google said this to Media Matters. When we find apps that violate play policy by distributing misleading or harmful information, we remove them from the store. Noble Google. Yeah, I thought it was kind of an interesting response because it basically labels Q-drops as, as just misleading information, which is, you know, not wrong, but also it has interesting implications for, like, a tech platform policies. Yeah. The Church of QAnon. Gentlemen, we are recording this episode on a beautiful Sunday in Los Angeles, California. I don't know if you heard, but President Trump recently called upon governors to allow churches to uh, reopen so uh, people can start worshiping again. No, that's good. Now, uh, it's fine, but, uh, you know, despite that, I couldn't help but notice that neither of you attended church this morning. (laughs) Now, forgive me for being blunt, but that is exactly the kind of behavior I would expect from a non-American leftist and a Hollywood Jew. Oh, wow. Fair. But is the is the radius of holiness from the the church next door not like does it not get no it doesn't doesn't carry does over it not carry I'm yeah. close to the window yeah, no, yeah, you can they see have them, like water balloon fights over there it's walk not over. A real it's a different thing <laughs> I am here to correct your heathen ways by taking you to a Sunday ministry 
but this is not going to be your typical boring sermon because today we're going to be looking at a QAnon church called Omega Kingdom Ministry. So this is an online church that uses QAnon conspiracy theories as a lens to interpret the Bible itself. And it also uses the Bible to make sense of the Q drops. Now, Omega Kingdom Ministry is led by a man named Russ Wagner. Russ Wagner looks to be his, like his 50s, maybe his 60s. He has this long gray French fork beard. And uh, starting on Sunday, February 23rd, Russ Wagner began holding weekly public services on Zoom. During those sessions, he attracts two to 300 people who watch him preach and decode Q-drops. Not bad audience. Now, all of those uh, attendees get to see Wagner broadcast a grainy stream of himself in front of a background consisting of an image of a bright American flag and that the flag has a sort of superimposed on an image of either Jesus or the cross. As if that's not currently what Saturday Night Live looks like, too. <laughs> like, everything looks like shit. Omega Kingdom Ministry is part of a network of independent congregations called Home Congregations Worldwide. And they call these congregations Ecclesia, after the Greek word for an assembly or a congregation. The organization's spiritual advisor is Mark Taylor the so-called firefighter prophet and QAnon influencer who has supposedly had a vision that Trump would be elected. Study materials on the uh, Home Congregations Worldwide website include the QAnon documentary Fall Cabal. And basically, this church, uh, Omega Kingdom Ministries, they use Fall Cabal as the official red-pilling method. They, it's basically the formal introduction to QAnon that you have to research as you sort of go through these, uh, these services. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, here's how Russ Wagner describes QAnon during one service. This is just introduction today. This is for new people. I know that some of you are very good Q decoders. You've done your research and everything, but you have to understand that we have 200 brand new students here in, in boot camp. And so for some of you, this is going to be helpful new information. But um, Q, what, what I believe, who I believe Q is, about 10 people, and uh, at least seven of them are military. Q himself has said there's, a, there's fewer than 10 that know everything, and there's only three of those 10 that are non-military. So that is inside Q itself. That's something that Q has said. So... Um, this is Q. If you watch uh, Joe M's video, Plan to Save the World, that's what it's about. The generals uh, put together a plan to uh, reveal the deep state, the cabal, the Luciferian cabal, and, and restore the republic back to the people. And it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a long process. But Q post it started out on a, on a an anonymous bulletin board called 4chan. It moved and migrated to another bulletin board called 8chan. The uh, hackers and people that were working for the Luciferian cabal hacked it and uh, destroyed it on 8chan and it had to move again. It's now on a board that's called 8kun, K-U-N, 8kun. So you're just bummed out that uh, that he's eating your lunch. <laughs> well, you know? yeah, he's just this, explaining QAnon. Yeah, to people yeah, he's like breaking you do. down QAnon. He Similar. has a, kind of a different interpretation. He <laughs> says that Eight Kun was taken down by <laughs> hackers who work for the Luciferian cabal when really it was Cloudflare. Wait, who, 
Was there not a Travis View tweet no. that said exact that claimed exactly the same? No, thing? no, it no. was it was Cloudflare who sorry, denied services to 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 eight chan. Must be confusing you with another account on Twitter. Yeah, that video, by the way, gives me like serious like. Osama bin Laden vibes, like fucking. Like I that. think his hair is very healthy, dude. It, but just like the flag with like Jesus's face, sort of like coming yeah. through the. It, like it's very like lo, low production terrorist kind of. There's also video, uh, like very briefly, like the screen on Zoom <laughs> cuts from him because he's clearly using a Zoom background thing uh, to run it. It cuts from him to someone else who must at least have access, or maybe he hasn't set the rights correctly. But it's just a bro <laughs> activating his like phone camera as he swings it up to himself and he just briefly cuts to that while he's in the middle of explaining this shit no that's beautiful yeah he doesn't know how to set up the zoom room says it's occasionally some congregants who are watching you see them suddenly as they speak they make noise yeah because he has speaker mode on speaker mode oh yeah he doesn't have priority speaker on and that's great i also it's great and that is how it should be travis what do we want these people to not make it funny omega kingdom ministry services uh, begin with an opening prayer from wagner to protect the zoom room from satan (laughs) <laughs> well clearly it didn't work all that well because fucking anthony was able to you know clip his chin in halfway through the speech incredible lord we ask you to protect our laptops our iphones our smartphones all the equipment oh, the zoom room our modems the internet lord we we're taking back the internet for you we're taking back the airwaves for the king and his kingdom so lord we ask your protection over everyone's internet connectivity today and the modems in the zoom room seal it up tight by the blood of jesus thank you father okay posters church posters church okay we're joining this church travis this this is where this is where QAnon ends and QAnon for real begins. Hell yeah! Now we're talking. This is this is blessing your internet bless speed. Bless the fucking this is, this upload. Is, bless oh the my download. God, bless my bless my devices. Bless TCP/IP. Bless my connection. Bless my Ethernet cable itself. <laughs> Lord Jesus, the blood of Jesus runs through my Ethernet cable. <laughs> yes. The, the Lord bloods Jesus encoded in ones and zeros. Yes. Open source Jesus. This is like lawnmower man, ghost in the machine shit that is that is going to. T- Take I, <coughs> uh, I, I, I'm so worked up. Oh, this God. this is he's uh, having a minor <laughs> fucking heart attack. God damn it! This, this <laughs> is once these people get the idea that the blood of Jesus flows through their their high speed yeah. Comcast fucking connection. <laughs> yo, we are fucked, boys. <laughs> we are fucked. We are so fucked. We already might be. We oh, already might oh, be. Oh, it's far too late yeah, yeah what yeah, are you talking yeah. about you just gotta, just gotta watch how bad it gets uh, jake's been so protected we've kept him so safe <laughs> i can tell now when he finally breaks uh, i don't feel well hold on <laughs> let me take a ch- drink water <sighs> <laughs> yeah we've got a long walk through the desert uh you know as as moses would say so drink up my young jew and uh <laughs> steal yourself <laughs> Some parts of the services sound like a pretty standard evangelical sermon. You know, Russ Wagner will uh, read verses from the gospel and then try to explain how these passages apply to how we should live our lives. But then he seamlessly transitions into preaching about what he calls the truther movement. When we're born again, we don't have everything we need to live godly. It's there for us in the word. Everything we need to live godly in Christ Jesus is in the word but we don't get it the day we're born again. We have to grow. We're babies. 
baby Christian. And so we grow in the word. And to do that, we need to continue in the word. And then we'll be his disciples if we continue. He said, and, and I want you to particularly look at verse 32. It says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. We are, we are experiencing what the secular world is calling the truther movement. There's a truth movement going on. And that, that movement is hungry for truth. So the truth is coming out in lots and lots of areas and revealing things that we did not know about before. That's the first passage of scripture. Russ Wagner also seems to imply that the central conceit of QAnon, which is that there is a Satan-worshipping cabal who constantly does unimaginable evil like behind the scenes, is actually a biblical concept. Not only is the devil a liar and a murderer, but he works through people. He works through people on this earth. And those people love to do what they do in the dark. In the dark just means, like we would say, undercover, undisclosed, unreported, in the dark. That's been going on for many, many years. There has been what we would call the deep state. I like to call it the Luciferian cabal because it ties it directly to Satan when we add the word Luciferian. Look up the word cabal if you would. It just means a cadre of people committed to a certain mission. But the Luciferian cabal is in leadership of much of the world. And we're uh, in the process of disclosing that to you. So I'm going to share another screen and uh, give you a couple things from Q. And we'll get to have, having you uh, ask questions here in just a moment. So he's he's basically saying, Mr. Trump, declassify proof that God exists. Of course, Russ Wagner also uh, just reads off Q drops and gives his interpretation of them just as he does the Bible verses. For example, here's a clip of Russ Wagner reading off of a, a couple of drops from QMap.pub. The complete picture would put 99% of Americans and then in parentheses in a hospital. Okay? What Q is saying right up front if all the information came out all at once, it would blow your mind completely. And, and literally, 99% of Americans or even of the world would be in the hospital. And the, the other one, it's the same, the same one over here. The truth would put 99% of the people in a hospital. It must be controlled. So it's rolling out little by little. A lot of people have wondered why we don't have any arrests. Why are there no arrests? Here's why. We don't have a full disclosure of their evil yet. We're in a, a stage here or a period of time where the evil corruption of evil people is being exposed. Wagner also offers advice to his flock on how to pick QAnon decoders. Now, his favorite decoder is, of course, Praying Medic, yes. which is obvious choice. But he warns that not all QAnon decoders are Christian. I need to tell you that a lot of Q decoders are not Christians. They don't. They do not necessarily need to be a Christian to be a Q decoder. There's a lot of them out there that are actually. Some of them are in the New Age movement, and I don't actually trust all of them. I love that. I can't wait till the uh, the New Age evangelical QAnon split. Yeah, Sather Sather yeah. versus well, this guy. Yeah, once it becomes the culture, it's just the East West feud all over again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like a new thing. It's just like good, if the population is big enough. Yeah, they're gonna have you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Now, uh, according to uh, Russ Wagner, listening to all of these QAnon decoders is important because, in his view, all mainstream news sources are hopelessly compromised. Stop watching news on television. (laughs) Stop watching CNN. Stop watching CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC. Stop it. Yes. They're all owned. They're all programmed. They're all given their talking points from the deep state the dark uh, Luciferian cabal. Stop watching that. Almost. (laughs) If you want to know what the truth is, there's only a couple left on Fox that are still uh, free from the cabal's influence. And uh, begin begin, uh, getting your news from the sources that we just shared with you. Uh, Waters World still uh, still woke. Jesse Waters still cool. (laughs) Rupert Murdoch is like, damn it. There's a new thing in town. <laughs> this is not going to end well. Who's going to be it? Who's going to be? Do the you think Q Rupert Network? Murdoch? If there's a Rupert Murdoch proper turn on QAnon because they turn on him for some reason, there could eventually be a schism between QAnon and Fox permanently. Yes, I could see that happen. I can see the yeah. fissures already creating themselves. The the president already hopping over to OAN. Yeah, but who? Yeah, is OAN going to be the QAnon network? Because Somebody's no, somebody, there's money to be made Jake, mainstream. It's, it's going to be the American network. Yeah. And it will contain QAnon. Yeah. Oh. Like I mentioned, this particular congregation uses the QAnon documentary Fall Cabal as like a kind of like central text research. That apparently raised some issues because in part 10 of that documentary, it, it deals with the possibility that JFK Jr. is secretly alive. But Russ Wagner says that he's non-committal on the JFK Jr. question. Last week, we started on talking about what the contents of video 10, video part 10 in the Cabal Fall or the Great Awakening. And in the first part, uh, the presenter talks about the fact that JFK Jr. may be alive. I'll tell you that we had some people upset with us this week, criticizing us because we didn't answer the question whether JFK Jr. was alive or not. But you guys need to listen carefully. We never said that we were going to answer that question. What we said in the email that went out, that we were going to raise the question. There's a difference between raising the question and answering the question. We did not say that we believe JFK Jr. is alive, and we didn't try to prove it. We simply are raising the question. To be fair, this sounds like most of the arguments you would have in like an artist co-op. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the old fallback. I'm not saying JFK Jr. is alive. I'm just saying keep your mind open to the idea. It's just, just mush brain nonsense. Yeah, that's bullshit. During these services, Russ Wagner doesn't work alone. He also throws uh, services over to his partner, Kevin Bushy. <laughs> And uh, Kevin Bushy is a retired <laughs> colonel who is running for election in the main House of Representatives. During Kevin Bushy's segments, he often goes over tweets from QAnon followers that he likes or Q drops. He says that he gets his research from the quote unquote deep anons. Oh, well, yeah. So where I've been getting most of my details this week is pretty much on the Twitter feeds for the folks that I follow who are the deep researchers, the deep anons that are out there. Um, this is a fellow... Uh, Entheos, who uh, basically gave me what I thought is the theme for the whole uh, week, uh, bottom line up front is military 
term we use for bluff. If you had to sum up everything happening behind the scenes, the past two years with Trump, Obama, Hillary, Deep State, QAnon, FBI, Russia hoax, technocracy, white hats, black hats, and the CIA in one sentence. This is it. Heyman was hanged on the very gallows that he had built for Mordecai. So this is why I think Q has told us it's going to be biblical. Now, some services uh, cover kind of the more exotic aspects of QAnon. For example, one service references uh, Project Looking Glass, which is the supposed secret time travel technology project that the government has. Now, Q has made reference to Project Looking Glass, which is, of course, not real. However, Kevin Bushy argues that Project Looking Glass has a biblical basis because characters in the Bible have actually time traveled, in his view. You Q followers, patriots, Christians alike need to start understanding a little more about what Project Looking Glass is and if it's real or not. So my interpretation here is he was telling us there's something called Project Looking Glass and it provides a way to go forward in order to look back. Question then is, is this in fact time travel? In our understanding of physics and physicality, likely no. Again, I refer to our 3D environment that we live in. However, with our biblical hats on and our biblical understanding of being in the spirit, is this in fact possible? And so I think I've made a case earlier to tell and say to you, if this is not true, then how did Ezekiel land in a valley of bones? How did John get carried away into the wilderness and as Russ eluded in his quotes how did Elijah beat Ahab um, by running faster than a horse how did Gandalf (laughs) how did how hello who who would win would it be Bilbo or Q or would it be Jack Reacher how did Gandalf best the Balrog It's so great. Yeah, it's like how did how did Elijah run faster than the horse? Obviously, he traveled through time. How come that tortoise was somehow faster than the hare? It doesn't make sense. Now they seem to argue that Project Looking Glass was uh, the subject of a power battle between the white hats and the black hats in government. Because there are researchers out there claiming very clearly, and I'm going to tell you who they are here in just a second. That number one. Looking Glass is a real device. Number two, the black hats, which would be our New World Order crowd, the Luciferians, they have used it for years. And they may have turned it off around the time frame of 1999-2000. And I put the word Burrish. This is referring to Dan Burrish, who I will tell you about in just a second. Uh, But also that the white hats also now have the device and it may have actually been turned back on around 2017. And it's in the hands of uh, the White Hats inside the NSA. It's great. Great stuff. Amazing. I mean, this whole thing is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it combines all the good stuff, right? Yeah. You get you get your uh, uh, religion and God and Jesus mm-hmm. up front, and then you got Project Looking Glass secret time travel technology yeah. that was switched on in 2017. The idea that a, it's a device is cool because it, it makes me feel like it would be like the lighthouse in that movie, The Lighthouse, and right. just like Willem Dafoe is up there as a squid just kind of jacking off and like in, in pure <laughs> ecstasy, like knowing the future and the past. And 
And I, we're just beating seagulls on the beach, like fucking the plebs we are. Now, they don't explicitly say how Trump may be using this supposed time travel technology. I'm just going to let him speak one more time so you can hear for yourself what he says about it. Listen to the people who have said that they've actually worked in and around these devices and were part of uh, uh, deep state operations and uh, get their firsthand uh understanding of what is going on with Project Looking Glass. And I don't think Q would have done a call out to it if he didn't want us to do our own deep dive and digging on this. And so you're gonna find that there are a spectrum of terms, uh, remote viewing as Russ indicated, Stargate's portals, Looking Glass itself, and how it's interacting with other potential other technologies uh, involving electromagnetics, uh, involving optics, uh, whether this work is actually being done in areas like Area 51 out in Los, uh, in Nevada, um, and whether or not there are deployments and targets of people being utilized by technology and um, the military usage, both from a white hat and a black hat perspective, because we do have black hats in our military just like we have white hats. And of course, this whole issue of, are there more than one timeline that's going on? And what is this chess game that we're all seeming to be a part of? And at this stage of the game, we have our chess master in chief, uh, President Trump, who is five steps ahead of everybody else uh, in the deep state with regard to what's going on. So let me get this right. Trump wins. Yep. And and the people who should be like, we have full political power. They had control of the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. These people immediately begun spinning out into like a cosmic eternity. It's like they got their guy in and they're like, oh, no, but no, we're still being oppressed. Why? Because there's an invisible Luciferian cabal and he is doing battle with them and they're still basically in charge, but he's working to fight against them. So we're still the minority oppressed people somehow, even though our guy won. They all they all basically like they were like Trump is now elected and now to place this drop of mescaline on this tab of acid (laughs) and immediately (laughs) ingest it. So the next four years are just a complete spaceman spiff fucking style like <laughs> altered dimension i love it i fucking love it yeah, this is this actually this makes is, me these are so excited I just, these are church services man i would probably on keep going to church if they, they were like town. this, this yeah rules. hell yeah, yeah. So excited. white hats black hats espionage no I mean, wonder our guest mark andre argentino like spent his time actually attending these i bet he's probably joined them we're gonna have to ask him <laughs> It's like Trump is not doing any of the things he promised, but that's because he's in like a a dimensional time chamber, like mirroring through different galaxies and dimensions. I got called out this morning already at the at their service. Oh, <laughs> did you? Oh, we have to get into that. We have oh, to get no. into that. Oh my god. 
Oh, oh yeah, no. they, I, in his weekly Q-Mill Intel drop, it featured the picture of my article and saying, oh, we're over the target now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of course, well, of okay, so Been Mark there. Andre uh, Argentino is our guest, obviously. That is him admitting that his cover is now uh, gone, just uh, <laughs> disintegrated. <laughs> Jake style. He has done a Jake Rockatansky on the Omega <laughs> ministry. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I couldn't be prouder. So, yeah, part of his research into QAnon, uh, Mark Andre attended Zoomer services at Omega Kingdom Ministries for 12 weeks. He then wrote about his experience uh, in an article for the publication The Conversation, headlined The Church of QAnon Will Conspiracy Theories Form the Basis of a New Religious Movement. Mark Andre, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me on the show. So now, I'm, before we get started, I'm curious, how exactly did you get started into researching QAnon as an academic? Prior to researching QAnon, I actually started my PhD on how ISIS used religion to recruit individuals either in their chat rooms or in their propaganda. So my initial research started with the nexus between technology and ISIS and religion. Ah. So I, I kind of started on that from 2014 to 2017. I spent three years creating sock puppets and spending my time in ISIS chat rooms like a lot of researchers in this field did at the time. And I started looking at you know, how they recruited, really focusing on the religious dimension because I'm really interested to see, uh, not necessarily to validate the behaviors or the beliefs of individuals, but to see how they use these beliefs and the impact that that has on society. And ultimately, after a little while of doing research on ISIS, I decided to switch from the religious studies department into a program called the Individualized Program at Concordia. And I basically decided to take a couple more supervisors. Religious studies and knowledge was not enough to study online extremism. So I added a supervisor from the Department of Computer Science and one from the Department of Engineering. And now I'm doing a full-blown study on online extremist groups and how they recruit people, create propaganda, and the impact that has on society. So QAnon was something I was observing right around the time my wife was about to give birth with her first child. Obviously, my PhD work kind of took a, a bit of a break once my child was born, but I still kept an eye on what was going on with QAnon. And the more I saw in 2018, 2019 was a, a trend of radicalization, an increase in violent behavior, an increase of propaganda from this group. So it just caught my interest, especially when evangelicals and neo-charismatics started, you know, getting really into the movement the religious scholar in me kind of had to hop on board. So I started doing the data science and starting pulling all the Twitter data, the Reddit data, and started looking at what was happening. And from then on, I just fully dived into QAnon and now spend more time than I'd like to admit on uh, their content. Oh, but you don't us, have to be shameful a, yeah, yeah, well. actually, uh, <laughs> around me about spending too much time with their content. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fascinating. It's a little disconcerting that you can you can slide right from studying ISIS into studying QAnon and those those sort that knowledge base transfers. The basic tenets of what I was researching is radicalization. What makes these people go from believers in something that will make them get away from their keyboard? and do some offline actions. Why do they get to that point? What within the belief system leads them down that path? And I think that's what's interesting. And that's the transfer where I was able to look, go from ISIS, which is very, very extreme, to a more nascent extremist community like QAnon. Yeah, fascinating. Now, for your research, you attended this uh, Omega Kingdom Ministry services for three months. Every Sunday, showed up. Oh my God. My God. I, mean, <laughs> I, I watched a couple... 
I watched a couple of these in order to make clips for this. So I did not watch every single one, but I, I'm curious. What, what, how would you uh, uh, describe your experiences attending these services? It was very interesting, I have to say. It's very different than spending your time in a normal QAnon DM group or a chat group. Um, this is very much, I'd call, an authentic religious practice in a sense, because the focus is on an ideological education and the ritual practices that are found uh, in this community. Now, it's there's echoes with neo-charismatic home congregations in the U.S., so that you know is is an interesting echo. What's what fascinated me is how they included QAnon into their rituals and use QAnon to either explain biblical concepts or use the Bible to justify some QAnon conspiracy theories. And for that, that's what really got me captivated is that complete blend of. Uh, of QAnon and Christianity. And after 14 weeks of service, the only thing I could really say about this is this specific church is formalizing education into both QAnon and Dominionism. And really, I'm saying this because you're seeing these individuals, you know, teaching individuals about cord cutting, you know, how Fox is bad and that the mainstream media is part of the deep state. But here, we're going to help you. Here are a bunch of a QAnon YouTube channels that you need to listen to to get your news. Here are the Twitter handles of the decoders. These are your new reporters. This is where you get your information. So from the get-go, they're already creating a sandbox around these people. And then they're introducing them to QAnon language and myth. And I remember in the first few episodes, it's the either the comment section on Zoom or the question period where individuals completely lost about what this QAnon stuff was and then having both Russ and Kevin really explain to them and, you know, like spoon feed them some of this information to bring them in. And now 14 weeks into this, you're seeing the chat and the questions very differently about, you know, today they were asking about how to clean your, uh, your, uh, was it perineal, your adrenal gland or your, your pineal gland, gla pineal gland, yes. because they, they, you know, they're worried about that. And it's just, you know, if you're not in the QAnon narrative or in like the mythology, you're not going to know what that is. You know, it's, and that's, that's, that's is where it's going now. It's becoming more and more about, you know, QAnon and a little bit less and less as we're moving forward or less biblical focus or really more of a meshing of the both. And that's what's interesting for me. I never expected, you know, a conspiracy theory to really take over religious precepts in this way. Yeah, it is, it is shocking, like how thoroughly and seamlessly blended those two things, like even something as sort of out there as Project Looking Glass where 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 they can sort of somehow talk about evidence of time travel in the Bible and how that ties into Q's what single brief reference of Project Looking Glass, and it doesn't matter how wild of anything Q says, they can sort of uh, create sort of like a biblical basis for it. What's interesting about that is also time travel as a biblical basis is not new to neo-charismatic beliefs um there's there's already existing not doctrine but discussions and justifications mm. for that so the biblical passages he he gets for those are not necessarily new but it's how the this came about is he wouldn't have talked about time travel because it wasn't in this in the fall cabal series that we were that the people were watching it was really about one person challenged him Q said X about Project Looking Glass. That's time travel. It's not in the Bible. So he included that into the teaching to justify what Q was saying. Oh On the God. flip sides, you have, you know, they did um, a divorce from Baal and they had a whole ceremony and ritual. <laughs> it was three weeks ago. They basically believe that 
the whole like 501c3 system for the churches, the whole um, the whole charity status basically is controlled by the deep state and that's part of the <laughs> luciferian deep state right. church and ball is in control of that oh, so okay. mm. those who are joining the church need to formally divorce the old church system they were in so that they're welcomed into you know the QAnon church that is interesting that that part of the process is to separate yourself from a more traditional sort of understanding of Christianity or or what the Bible teaches that that QAnon itself can't can't go hand in hand that it, that it does in some ways you have to sort of like graduate or at least Listen. in the perception of what they're trying to sell you you know graduate to the level of QAnon and what's interesting is that they're using this divorce from Baal basically to so the divorce from a church from a formal church exists in these type of home congregations already. They're just framing it in a way that you need to divorce from yourself from the bad people in QAnon to join the good side of QAnon. Yeah. It's this clear dichotomy. It's, it's all about the battle between good and evil, right? So if you're in the deep state church, you're on the bad side. So you need to formally leave that to yeah. come to the good church. I mean, we can all agree that if there is a deep state church, it is the Catholics. I mean, they they were the ones that exposed Gladio. I mean, yeah. You know, like if you're going to if you're going to talk like, you know, on paper, it seems like that would be the one. Yeah, I mean, Russ Ragnar, he's uh, he's trying to be like a mar- modern day Martin Luther, right? Right? Yeah. Where 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 he just uh, imagines like all all formal church organizations are hopelessly compromised by the deep state, the deep state church, and they need to separate and go their own way. In your article for the conversation, uh, you say that Omega Kingdom Ministries uses the language of a Christian theology called dominionism. So, uh, what exactly is that, and how how is uh, Omega Kingdom Ministries express that? So, I'll give you a very very short academic theological explanation and I'll give you a more vulgarized explanation that that's easier to understand. Yes, so the, the Rakatansky the, explanation. The Rakatansky <laughs> explanation exactly. <laughs> so in the theological terms they basically posit the idea that God is said to have given dominion over the earth to humankind and the dominionist interpretation formulated the idea that the world has to be subordinate to the rule of God which basically means it has to be subordinate to what the Bible says and the mandate is a privilege but it's also an urgent responsibility so the de facto establishment of God's dominion was considered imperative by dominionists when they originally formulated this theology they've historically been associated with conservative evangelical which was with an objective to change public life and to make society exclusively Christian. Uh, And they do this by exhorting control over what they call the seven mountains of influence, which is religion, family, education, government, media, arts, and business. What this really means is that dominionism is a theocratic idea. It's basically... um, Christians are called by God to exercise dominion over every aspect of society by taking control of political and cultural institutions. Now, there's a spectrum of dominionism. It's there's some that are, you know, soft core, some are hardcore. Yeah, I've watched DS9. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) I know about this dominion. But I could basically give three core features of dominionism. So it celebrates Christian nationalism in that they believe that the United States once was and should once again be a Christian nation. In this way, they deny kind of like the whole enlightenment roots of American democracy. Two, they promote religious supremacy insofar as they generally do not respect the equality of other religions uh, or even other versions of Christianity. So it's not all other global religions, but it's really other versions of Christianity. That's why we're talking about, you know, the deep state church versus mm-hmm. their church. Right. And they 
endorse a theocratic vision that they believe that the Ten Commandments or biblical law should be the foundation of American law and that the U.S. Constitution should be seen as a vehicle for implementing biblical principles. And, you know, it takes various forms in the U.S., but dominionism is kind of like a permanent feature in U.S. politics. Like for the last three presidential elections, you've had dominionist politicians played a prominent role, whether it's Mike Huckabee, Sarah Palin, Rick Perry, Ted Cruz. The dominionists are amongst some of the most prominent politicians in the U.S. right now. So they do enjoy a significant public support, and they're kind of seen as legitimately part of political culture in the U.S. That's funny you should list those people because I think they should all join this church. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard about the Ted Cruz prophecies his dad made in 2016, but that is something worth uh, <laughs> That's a pill. looking up on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, his his dad had a prophecy where he said one night, I had a, a vision from God where he said, "My God told me that Ted will be the will be here elected president and he will make uh, usher in the second coming of Christ." <laughs> oh. Now, I don't think anyone wants a president that will usher in the end of the world, but you know. <laughs> well, uh, you know, maybe your Canadian uh, country over there. Speak for yourself. Damn, can you imagine like a dinner table conversation like over at the cruise house where like like my parents like wanted me to be like a doctor and a lawyer, <laughs> but like can you imagine your dad is like, yes, son, and you will usher in the second coming of Christ. <laughs> like, holy yeah. shit. That's how, that, that is literally how you create Ted Cruz. Yeah, yes, that is. The most sweaty, miserable and like monster maybe like Earth. a good quarterback as well. Yeah. Or maybe just like yeah, a subaquatic creature like <laughs> that resembles a kind of sea moss. Just imagine how his siblings feel, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> the entire time that QAnon has been around, it seemed like it was especially attractive to American evangelicals, primed and crafted for the evangelical mind. Like, what about it? I guess, meshes so well with the uh, evangelical worldview. There's a couple of elements that mesh well with them. One of the things that really came to mind to me when I first started looking at QAnon is that you know, their main tenant of the whole world's control, controlled by this satanic cabal that's sacrificing kids and all the bads around this whole element, right? That's kind of similar to in the 70s and the 80s in the U.S. There was something called a, a satanic ritual abuse panic where evangelicals in the U.S. were really believing that there was a global network of elites that were breeding and kidnapping children for the purpose of pornography, sex trafficking, and satanic rituals. You kind of hear the echo here. Yeah, they got one wrong. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, you're looking at some elements there that already found uh, an echo with them where they're like, oh, I remember, like some of them will definitely be, oh, I remember this or this sounds familiar. But when you have charismatic figures like Praying Medic or Mark Taylor coming in, their following is large enough to kind of mainstream bit some of the QAnon stuff to, you know, American style Christianity. And I think it's just the influencers kind of mainstreaming that that brought it out. But it's also you have basically a epic battle between good and evil. So it's not very hard to see a connection there, especially now where QAnon basically does have some type of theology to an extent with some of these individuals. We're seeing a QAnon church where we're seeing these influencers push in. It's very, it's not very shocking to me in the end because the essence of them is they want to delineate and explain evil. This is what they do. And that, that's a key concept in Christianity. It's about theodicy. It's about, you know, it's not necessarily about the secular evidence. It's kind of trying to offer comfort in an uncertain and unprecedented age. So as the movement crowdsources answers to explain the inexplicable, QAnon kind of becomes like a master narrative for these people to 
just explain all these various evils the same way Christianity or any religion could be used to explain these these kind of evils. And it just looks like there's a lot in the U.S. that uh, picked on to this. And mm. yeah. Yeah. I'm not really shocked. Yeah, and and to top it off, we're we're yeah. in the middle of a plague, which you know, uh, can, can, is yeah. very biblical. Yep. I mean, I'm surprised that QAnon and and uh, its its sort of uh, adjacent uh, groups yeah. aren't using more of that. You know, being like, yeah. this is the plague that comes. Your firstborn will be protected <laughs> by Q. Like I like I, I think that yeah. this is the natural progression of where this stuff goes. You, you need to get in contact with Jesus, and you need to ask him draw a picture of the man who hurt you <laughs> and then when Jesus draws a stick figure with a very long nose you have to just go with it because it's a new era baby <laughs> but that whole type of narrative you just mentioned the the comparing the plagues that was done at the QAnon church where they compared the biblical Passover with our current Passover and they're trying mm, to make these yeah. links and explain them but you do see with a lot of the more Let's call the the Christian adjacent QAnon individuals. They really use like the language of spiritual warfare, and this is what they're talking about when yeah. you know it's ID twenty twenty or Bill Gates or the Mark of the Beast. You, know, you mentioned something else in that uh, that article that really caught my eye. Omega Kingdom Ministries is apparently raising funds for something that they call Reclamation Ranch. Now I, I missed that particular service, but what exactly is Reclamation Ranch? So it's something they've been discussing for a few weeks. And there's been a bit of back and forth. So the initial idea was that Omega Kingdom Ministry wanted to start building either buildings or structures that they could use to adopt and foster children that were saved in by the Q team during the military operations. <laughs> so whether it's the, uh, the, the famous mole children. mole children of New York or... Who knows where they're, where they're getting these kids, yeah. but their objective is to take these kids that have been through satanic ritual abuse and then, you know, save them and educate them in <laughs> in in the ecclesia way, as they say. Yeah, like a that kibbutz, was the like a kind of that, communal yeah. raising of the mole children. Mark, Mark, <laughs> hold on. So you're telling me that they want to take the children uh, after all of this? <laughs> they want to kidnap the children. They want to take the children. The children. That rules. Also, uh, by the way, if you've got a group called the Omega Ministry of of whatever, and you start and you want to start building structures to house children, not it just even just not even for the children, <laughs> but for like the other members of the church, you, that your call. I'm sorry, you, that's the place that everybody in the church what? dies. That I, I'm sorry, that's like what happened with fucking Jonestown. They they would they would they, oh, America wasn't good enough. Yeah. They 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 wanted to go to place. They want to have a place. You're just scared by a bit of Latin. Have a place. <laughs> Build structures. Yeah, you can't face your own true history, your own, the, the powerful white race and its Latin language. What? I never took Latin. <laughs> I took French. But if that scares you, they're, they they moved away from that plan after they got advice from lawyers. So their new idea for home for kids is, in my opinion, scarier than a ranch. So they still want to they still want to adopt kids, but they realize that going through the whole you know, legal route by going through the state and getting the proper certificates and the training was quite difficult. So based on the advice of their attorneys, they're looking to use their status as a religious, they don't, they say they're not a church, but since they're basically going to be leveraged their status as a church, where they're going to use legal precedents from what's called the roll-off homes, which was set in the 60s. And basically any home congregation so any home of a person within OKM 
is allowed to have up to six kids that oh, they no. could foster. Wow. And, and, oh, no. and basically every single home, so there was, what, 254 people. So let's say 254 homes could each take six kids to foster and educate them. And now they're offering training on how to deal with children who have been psychologically traumatized because they're a part of satanic ritual abuse. Yeah, so how do they identify those children, though? Is there any process to actually, like, figure out which ones have that happen to them, or are they just going to just uh, farm, uh, make a farm with just kids, and we'll see? I, they haven't said that. We're still waiting to figure out what that explanation God. is, and that kind of what that's what scares me. There's no secret mole children coming out of New York, and, you know, these kids don't exist. It's all Dude, part of the QAnon mythos. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This yeah. is very bad, because they'll, they'll, we... they'll register all of these people. Okay, even if, like, 10% oh, of the people in the church register okay as like foster homes the fucking overcrowded like children's services are going to go oh great more pe like more people oh religious home yes. okay fine we'll put we'll put them in as many yes. and then these kids are going to be indoctrinated from a very young age into fucking like radical QAnon ideology no no no, no. Jake it's okay allow it's, QAnon to become the pedophiles <laughs> they will become the pedos whoa, whoa, whoa. they will become Julian. the pedos they accuse people right. of being it no, is prophecy no, it is no, my don't. prophecy yeah. today <laughs> is my day no. I am I'm no. opening my shirt. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Move on to another question. <laughs> All right. Mark Andre, I also wanted to ask you about a previous article that you had written about QAnon. And you had you had claimed that uh, that the sort of the pandemic conspiracy theories that were coming out of this community weren't just, you know, bonkers and bad and the way that sort of melts people's brains, but they were a threat to public health. I don't know. It's really interesting that that's just like how, how why is it rise to that level of concern? I would have said like Five months before the pandemic started, if you would have asked me, are conspiracy theories a, th a threat to the public? Like, just period? I would have said, not more than any other type of disinformation. But I think, like, the coronavirus has changed how, well, our, our perception of the world, but also how we're going to function in society. And I think, you know, the disinformation coming from QAnon, based on a lot of the data analytics I've done, they've been either at the source of the conspiracy or played a key role in amplifying them. Barring QAnon alone, we've seen people burning 5G towers in Canada and the UK. An individual who derailed a train in LA and tried to crash it into the Mercy because apparently the boat was not there for the same reason the government was saying. The pandemic has kind of changed uh, the behaviors of individuals. And we've been seeing these online sources of disinformation leading to offline violence. I think the pandemic actually made things worse faster than if we would have waited normally in the sense that if everyone wasn't locked down in their home spending the entire day in front of their computer panicking about where am I going to get money to eat or pay my rent or you know for all these other reasons I think this kind of accelerated things that were coming to head there was already concerns like last year we saw the FBI leak or release that statement that they considered individuals from conspiracy groups to be a threat to national security like we're, we're seeing these things you know hints and and elements of that, you know, terrorism offenses for an individual, the guy who went to the Hoover Dam. Um, I, these are all things that are, are red flags. And I think now we're just coming to a head a lot faster than they would have if it wasn't for the pandemic. Maybe this would have taken years instead of months. Yeah, nice little incubator. Well, uh, Mark Andres, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where can people find more about the kind of work that you're doing? There's two options to find me. There's my uh, public scholar profile on the Concordia website. If not, Twitter is where uh, I could be the most reached at, I guess. 
anglerfish, but 4NGL3RF1SH. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marc-Andre. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. There are over 70 of them currently. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. Uh, join us on twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous. For everything else, we have uh, QAnonAnonymous.com, where you'll find a link to get merch as well as a bunch of other free shit like uh, access to our Discord community, our infamous Lost episodes, and even music from our soundtrack. Listener, Listener until, listen, until next, next week, week, may the deep, may the deep dish bless, bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. We are preparing, and you and I need to know that if we are dealing with kids that have been enslaved, that some have never seen the light of day, they have been in tunnels, they have been underground, it's not going to be a normal foster care setting for them. You, as the caregiver, you as the one that feel less to bring these particular kids into your homes, we're going to need to provide for you spiritual training of how to deal with this child because you're dealing more uh, than with a dysfunctional setting or an abuse setting. We are dealing with demonic ritualistic activity. And so you just can't bring these kids into your home and expect for them to be a normal child. So therefore, it's going to require spiritual discernment on our part. And we are going to be accountable to you to provide training above and beyond what I have uh, presently seen and, and, uh, and, and looked at as a resource uh, as we move forward. I've already shared that we're going to have to bring our own classes online to cover those areas that are normally not uh, covered for training as a foster parent or even uh, either for adoptions. So I ask for prayer from you in that area. I am encouraged. Uh, I do believe we have that reprieve right now in this moment uh, of calm before the storm but it requires a lot of work and it requires a, not, a lot of tenacity because when I approach uh, agencies and I inquire, I try to make them aware in a nice manner that we're not seeking 501c3, but we will be a faith-based organization with an understanding we will not be incorporated, nor will we have 501c3, because we believe this is God's work and God's people will do what is needed to be done to provide the love and support that these children would desperately need.